You are tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network on jmandtheam.org and nachumsiegel.com. Stay tuned for JM Sunday with Matis Weingast.
Good morning, everyone. Matis Weingast here with you on JM in the AM.org, the Nachum Siegel Network with JM Sunday. It's a Sunday morning, May 5th, 2013, 26th day in the month of ER, 5773, 40th day in the counting of the Omer. And for those following Daf Yomi, it's the 58th Daf today. Hope you had a great Shabbos and a great week. Very exciting program today. Here on JM Sunday, we have Morning Chizuk at 7.30, our news from Israel, which no doubt will talk about uh, the recent uh, the recent self-defense attacks uh, by Israel on Syria. And uh, coming up at 8.10, my first guest of the morning will be Mordechai Schmutter, a comedian who has uh, written a book which will be coming out this coming Wednesday. And at 8.30... Yona Lloyd, president of SodaStream, will be my second guest of the morning. Very, very exciting show this morning, interspersed with lots of music here on JM Sunday. My thanks to all of you for joining me. If you want to send me an email, if you have any question for uh, for either Mordechai Schmutter or Yona Lloyd, feel free. Or if you have a request or an announcement, send me an email at matis at nachomsiegel.com, M-A-T-T-E-S at nachomsiegel.com, and uh, we will try to get all those requests fulfilled. Here is music to start off the day, Deddy on JM Sunday. Ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure and distinction at this time to welcome the worldwide ambassador for the Hask Summer Program. Put your hands together for the magnificent and incredible Teddy! Kovei 
Eretz Yisrael by David Gabe here on JM Sunday Matis Weingast with you on this fifth uh, day of May 2013, 25th day in the month of ER 5773, 40th day in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, please do so sometime today. Before David, we heard, uh, excuse me, before uh, David, we heard Odcha. No, we did not hear Odcha. We changed that schedule. That's right. We heard Hu Elokeinu from Nafshenu Fusion. And before that, we heard Barek from Pardes, uh, volume number two. Kel HaKavod from Shalshelas Dedi from the Hask album. And we opened up our program with Moda Ani by Regesh here on a nice, bright Sunday morning, 7.31 in the morning. Eastern Time, here on JM and the AM.org, NachumSiegel.com. JM Sunday is brought to you by Adorama. It is more than a camera store. It's the official electronics retailer of the Nachum Siegel Network. Adorama is located at 42 West 18th Street in New York City, and its number is 1-800-223-2500. For cameras, audiovisual equipment, electronics, portable entertainment, iPods, iPads, and more. Adorama Imaging and Beyond since 1975, official sponsor of the Nachum Siegel Network. And speaking of Nachum Siegel and the network, we have great programming all through the day today. And on this show this morning, we're coming up with Rabbi Goldwasser in a few seconds. At 8 o'clock, News from Israel, no doubt we'll be talking about the recent developments between Israel and Syria. At 8.10, I'll be joined by Mordechai Schmutter, a comedian who has uh, just released a book. It will be available in the stores this coming week, entitled A Chulent Mix. And at 8.30, I'll be joined by Yona Lloyd, president of SodaStream, that company that has been taking the world by storm. And we'll be discussing SodaStream and Jewish music with Yona Lloyd. For those of you that may remember, we'll go back in history with Yona for a few minutes during that interview. Right now... It is uh, time for Rabbi Goldwasser and his words, Alezecha Nishmasar of Zev Rabbi Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. A Mishnah in Perkyova states, Be careful in performing a minor mitzvah, just as a person would be careful in performing a major mitzvah, for we don't know the reward that is given for each mitzvah. We calculate the cost of a mitzvah against its reward, in the reward of a sin against its cost. The Hafla comments on this and notes that if we don't know the reward for each mitzvah, how could we possibly assess its value? He cites the Talmud and Chulin. There was once an individual who stole a mitzvah of Kisay Adam, covering the blood from the person who had shechted the bird. Rabbi Gamliel determined that the injured party should be paid ten golden pieces. How was this amount estimated? Rabbi Gamliel established how much the mitzvah was worth to the person from who it had been stolen. The injured party revealed his assessment of his own personal value of the mitzvah. Had he not, the guilty party would have been obligated to pay whatever price was demanded of him. The the Hafla says, this is how we read the Mishnah. Be scrupulous in performing a minor mitzvah as in a major mitzvah, for we don't know the reward given for each of the mitzvahs. The reward for the mitzvah can be assessed by calculating the personal value of the mitzvah and also the punishment for an avera by one's personal evaluation of the worth of the avera. 
The Afloh concludes that one who does a mitzvah solely because of his deep love for Hashem and he really doesn't consider the reward he's going to receive, his compensation is indeed infinite. A wealthy man with a wonderful daughter was seeking an equally extraordinary son-in-law. When he finally found a suitable character, he invited the father to come meet with him so that they could finalize the shidduch. Since the prospective mechutan lived in a faraway city, the father of the girl sent a magnificent carriage to transport him. The two parents met for a few hours, but the father of the young man seemed reluctant. When the wealthy man saw it, he offered him a deal sweetener. Aside from the substantial dowry that his daughter would bring to the marriage, the wealthy man promised the Mechutin an additional 400 gold pieces. The prospective Mechutin was still hesitant. The girl's father then tried another tactic. He turned to the young man who was sitting on the side of the table and proposed the Shidduch directly to him. The young man immediately accepted. They wished each other Mazel Tov, drank a Lechayim, and signed the Tanoim without the approval of the father. A while later, the father of the Chassan approached the man and said, Where are the 400 golden coins you promised me? The wealthy man said, Oh no, it's true that I offered you that large sum of money, but that was only so you would be amenable to the Shidduch. Now that the Shidduch was finalized without you, we have no business together. Similarly, the Dumnomagid points out, Hashem Yisbarach makes a Shidduch among Klal Yisrael. It's between the Guf and the Neshama. When the Neshama wants to perform a mitzvah, it needs the cooperation of the Guf. If the Guf or the body is amenable and helps the Neshama achieve its desires, then the Guf is rewarded in this world. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. Thank you, Rabbi Goldwasser. It's 7.37 in the morning here on JM Sunday. Matis Weingast with you. We have some schedule changes for during this coming week. Nachum was supposed to go to Israel to celebrate Yom Yerushalayim and do a few shows from Israel, but uh, as he mentioned on Friday, due to a medical condition with his foot, an ongoing medical condition that really needs to be dealt with, he's going to be postponing that trip to sometime later in, uh, in 2013. And uh, tomorrow morning, Mayor Fertig will be sitting in. Actually, Mayor was going to be sitting in anyway tomorrow uh, for the Monday show because it was going to be a travel day for Nachum. So Mayor will be taking over the uh, show tomorrow morning, JM in the AM, bright and early at 6 a.m., and uh, followed by the Israel show with Mayor Weingarten at 9 o'clock on the stream. Tuesday, Miriam L. Wallach is scheduled to be in to host JM in the AM. And on Wednesday, Mayor Weingarten will be presenting a, an, an amazing Yom Yerushalayim special. So that will be taking place on uh, on Wednesday. And we'll see about Thursday and Friday. We'll see what the schedule turns out to be uh, for later on this week. But that's the schedule so far. We're here with you till 9 o'clock this morning. Tell your friends about it. Go to Facebook and like our Facebook page, JM Sunday. You can also go to Mayor Weingarten's Israel show Facebook page while you're there and like that. So you can like them on there. You can follow us on Facebook. Send me an email, amatis at nachamsegel.com if you have any questions, requests, uh, questions for our guests or anything like that. M-A-T-T-E-S at nachamsegel.com. And uh, 
we will do our best to uh, take care of that. Coming up at 8 o'clock, our news from Israel, 8.10, interview with Mordechai Schmutter, and 8.30, our interview with Yona Lloyd. We're going back to the music here on JM Sunday with Yehuda Green.
ladies and gentlemen, David Gabe.
o'clock in the morning here on JM Sunday. Matis Weingast with you. Bright day outside here in the New Jersey area. It's uh, going to be a nice day, a nice spring day. It's the fifth day in the month of May 2013, 25th day in the month of ER 5773, 58th Dauphin Erevin, and 40th day in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, please do so 
sometime today. We heard uh, Mizbeah Chadash actually almost twice. He tried to sneak in there at the end. Yehuda Green gave us that selection. Kol Mavaser from Yaakov Shweki. Odoka from the Yeshiva Boys Choir. Ligabe from Davigabe and Est Semach from Pure Soul here on JM Sunday. Coming up in just a moment will be our news from Israel. Uh, this time, though, we were going to be calling it, uh, as we did last week, news about Israel from the United States. Uh, so a little different uh, difference there. It is. Uh, it, I want to remind you that uh, after this show at nine o'clock, Charlie Harari with an encore presentation of his Book of Life tomorrow morning. Mayor Fertig will be sitting in for Nachum Siegel. Nachum was supposed to go to Israel this coming week, but that's being postponed, and uh, Mayor will be sitting in on Monday with the Israel show following at 9 o'clock. JM Sunday is brought to you by Adorama. It is more than a camera store. It's the official electronics retailer of the Nachum Siegel Network, located at 42 West 18th Street in New York City. Its number is 1-800-223-2500. They have cameras, audiovisual equipment, portable entertainments, iPods, iPads, and much more. Adorama, imaging and beyond. Since 1975, official sponsor of the Nachum Siegel Network, after our news from Israel, we'll be uh, interviewing Mordechai Schmutter, a comedian who's uh, authored a brand new book called Cholent Mix. And coming up at 8:30, our interview with uh, we'll be joined by Yona Lloyd, president of SodaStream, and uh, we'll be hearing all about SodaStream and about Jewish music. Stay tuned for that. Right now, I want to welcome back to the airwaves Hannah Levy Julian, senior correspondent and an editor for the Israel National News English Division. She's a news broadcaster in Israel, and she joins us every week to give us the news from Israel. This time, Hannah, it is the news about Israel from the United States. Good morning. Good morning to you. <laughs> um, it's been exciting. It's been an exciting last few days in Israel. Well, not, not in Israel, technically, but certainly uh, close to Israel. Uh, in the skies around Israel, the Israeli Air Force has bombed several military targets in Damascus. Uh, it's been confirmed by a senior official in Jerusalem, according to the AFP news agency. Uh, three attacks were carried out since Thursday. The most recent was carried out just before dawn this morning. All were targeting Iranian missiles headed for the Lebanon-based Hezbollah terrorist organization. The second strike which took place overnight on Saturday, targeted the Jamraya Scientific Research Center in Damascus, a processing and storage facility for chemical weapons. Early Friday morning, a convoy was hit near the Damascus airport while heading towards Lebanon carrying Fatah-110 missiles. Those are described by officials as game-changers. Those missiles have a range of up to 300 kilometers they can reach as far south as Jerusalem with absolutely no problem whatsoever. A diplomatic source said the shipment was being stored at the Damascus airport. Uh, various sources said the shipment had originated either from Russia or Iran, but the missiles themselves were Iranian. President Barack Obama said he would let Israel confirm or deny whatever strikes they've taken, in a statement last week during his trip to Mexico and Central America, Obama told Telemundo Television, what I have said in the past, quote, and I continue to believe, 
is that the Israelis justifiably have to guard against the transfer of advanced weaponry to terrorist organizations like Hezbollah, unquote. British Foreign uh, Secretary William Haig said uh, earlier today on Sunday, you know, there's seven hours uh, ahead of us, the apparent Israel strikes showed that peace across the whole region is under threat. He said it reinforces the need to lift the arms embargo to Syrian rebels, uh, Haig said, and I quote, Lebanon is constantly threatened by being destabilized. Huge numbers of refugees crossing the border in Jordan is under incredible strain. He added, Israel's made it very clear it will act if it believes the important weapon systems are being transferred to Hezbollah. Israel will act to protect its national security, and we do have to respect that. United Nations peacekeepers in southern Lebanon have recently warned that Hezbollah has been replacing the Lebanese army in violation of the 2006 ceasefire agreement with Israel. That's not new, by the way. They've been doing that since the ceasefire agreement began. That is, the, Lebanon's been supporting that. It's been a problem right along, and uh, the Israeli army and air force have been monitoring that with flyovers, which Lebanon is constantly complaining about. Currently, it's estimated that Hezbollah has stockpiled more than 60,000 rockets and missiles of various ranges in its arsenal. NBC News quoted a source this weekend saying that airstrikes were probably aimed at delivery systems designed to carry chemical weapons, such as the deadly sarin nerve agent. Syria has allegedly already used this chemical on at least two occasions thus far, according to intelligence agents from Israel, Britain, the U.S., and France. By the way, on Monday, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is expected to land in China on the first leg of his week-long tour there. I was going to uh, ask he'll you, be in do Shanghai you, first. Do you, do you think that uh, this, uh, the latest development in Syria is going to change his plans? No. I think he's going to board that plane, and I think he's going to go anyway, and I think people have uh the issues in Syria well under control. Very little changes his plans because the the rest of the government just uh continues what it has to do. This is not uh a prime minister's responsibility. This is military stuff. And he's got plenty of military people in, in the top uh, roles in the government. Is there a feeling the, is there a feeling that Syria is going to uh retaliate for these strikes. Who would they retaliate against? They're retaliating <laughs> against each other. Where are they going? What are they going to do? Assad's a little busy right now. <laughs> this is this is true. He's trying to he's trying to keep his head on his shoulders. A little. <laughs> Somewhat. Well, that's a very interesting. Now, in in Israel, in uh, excuse me, in China, what is uh, the prime minister's goal besides I'll visiting? You, Israel does a lot. First of all, Israel does a lot of business in China. There's a lot going on, and more, because in the last few years, Israel's been developing tourist trade with China back and forth, and it's growing. Not only that, in addition to the economic ties, there's been joint research and develop, uh, development initiatives growing, and China has started uh, investing in uh, infrastructure in Israel, but Netanyahu was also there to talk about the Iranian nuclear threat with the Chinese government because China is one of the five permanent members of the United Nations Security Council. He's also there 
to talk about the Palestinian Authority because Mahmoud Abbas is already there. He arrived earlier today. He's going to be there until Tuesday. And the Chinese have offered to try to uh, set up a meeting between Abbas and Netanyahu. Um, even though Netanyahu is starting out in Shanghai and he's not going to arrive in Beijing until uh, Wednesday, and Abbas is leaving Tuesday, somehow I have a feeling that uh, they may try to set up a meeting between the two of them anyway, which may or may not make it to the press. Who knows? Maybe they'll meet at a kosher restaurant somewhere over there. Of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Over, uh, over fake shrimp. <laughs> so it's a, going to be <laughs> an interesting... Neither one of them can eat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's going to be a very interesting week in the news in Israel. Hanna Levy Julian, thank you for joining us this morning here on JM Sunday. Uh, will you still be in uh, the United States next week? Yes, I will. Okay, and how can people reach you? Is it uh, um, still the same email address, the Jerusalem Therapist at gmail.com? It is, and I now have a phone number as well. And that? that number is 848-250-2644. Excellent. So if you want to reach Hannah Levy-Julian, please do so through 848-250-2644 or the Jerusalem Therapist at gmail.com. Thanks again, Hannah. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great week, everybody. It is uh, Sunday morning, May 5th, 2013, the 25th day in the month of ER 5773. My name is Matis Weingast. I'm with you here on JM Sunday. It's the 40th day in the counting of the Omer. Oh, shoot. Mordechai, we'll get to you in a second. Oh. <laughs> That's what happens when you go to interview a comedian. It is uh, for those counting, for those counting... <laughs> <laughs> totally threw me off. For those who are following Dafyomi, I will say yesterday was Erevin 57. <laughs> so you will understand that. It is, uh, it is my pleasure to welcome to uh, the airwaves on JM Sunday the author of a new book coming out this coming Wednesday, I believe. It is called Chulent Mix. Admittedly, I Colin. thought Chulent Mix. It is. Either way. <laughs> Admittedly, I thought it was a cookbook, but Chulent Mix is a humorous compilation of articles written by Mordechai Schmutter. Mordechai, welcome to JM Sunday. Hey, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Welcome. I, I was reading this book over Shabbos, and uh, it, is, it is amazing. Now, this is a compilation of articles mm -hmm. that you've written uh, over the years. Uh, what inspired you to put this group of uh, articles together? Because that's what I was up to chronologically. I have three other books, and I got the first year, and the second year, and now I got this. Excellent. Now, now the, the titles of your book, by the way, are quite funny. Uh, I think one of them was called Don't Yell uh, Chala in a uh, Crowded Matzah Bakery. Yep. I'm sure that went over quite well. I had some other suggestions for titles, but I can't discuss some of those. <laughs> It'll be for another book. Uh, when did you start writing? Technically? Well, no, I'll not, not technically. I have to be really careful with this interview. When did you start writing this type of humor? When did you realize you had a talent for this type of writing and, and being able to perceive life things and put them down on paper? Um, I don't know. When I was in 12th grade, I read a book by Dave Barry, and that blew me away. And then my parents went, went there to sell for the summer, and I, I wrote them a letter in that style. And they passed it along to all the relatives, and they had no idea that I basically just ripped off all his jokes. 
<laughs> but they said, hey, you have a real talent for it, and I believed them. So I just kept going, and, you know, eventually it developed. Wow. It became something. Now, Mordecai, admittedly, as I said before, I thought this was a cookbook, but a part of me, you know, realized that, uh, having read so many of your articles over the years, that I didn't think that it was. But you do discuss in your introduction a lot about chulent, and you even have a list of ingredients there. And you must have done a lot of research on this. Yeah, that was fun, tasting all the chulents. <laughs> well, first of all, <laughs> peanut butter in a chulent? I don't know. I put out a call to a lot of my readers asking for interesting ingredients that they ever put in the chulent, you know, on purpose, not like, you know, somebody's wallet or a yarmulke. <laughs> right. And... And, you know, they sent in a lot of interesting things, like peanut butter and cola and, you know, Marmite I got from somebody in England. Right. Uh, you mentioned hard-boiled eggs, which is a very common uh, ingredient, actually. But you had a question as to whether you put in the egg raw or cooked. I think most people will put in the egg raw in the shell, and it cooks in the chillant. Is that correct? I, I don't know. <laughs> I've tried it both ways, and I didn't like either. But. Now, uh, one of the other things that you talk about in the beginning of the book is how to handle a chillant kiddish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, of course, I, I, we won't give away uh, some of the secrets of what you say. People will have to go and read the book mm-hmm. uh, in terms of when you go to a chillant kiddish. You know, first of all, should you go to a kiddish? You should always go to a kiddish, right? But if, yeah, it's, yeah. if it's a chillin' kiddish, you know, you'll, you'll walk... Uh, you walk the extra mile. <laughs> as, as more as Five a, miles, whatever. Exactly. And there's a way of handling the kiddish. One of the things that you do during the course of the book is you give various tips. And there's a chillin' tip. And you claim that the best way of eating chillin' is standing up. Yeah. And the best way to eat chicken is, is hovering over the garbage. <laughs> you know, from, right from the bone. <laughs> it, just, it somehow tastes better that way. Like when I'm sitting at the at the Shabbos meal, I take like one normal human-sized portion of chon. But at a kiddush, I could just keep taking. Right, because and I guess it just it just flows through. More room for it to go. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And when you're sitting, it goes down and stops at the chair. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Now, a, a Chulent Mix is uh, published by Israel Bookshop Publications. Uh, when is it going to be available, actually, and where will it be available? It's going to be available in all farm stores and bookstores, as far as I know, and in my house. Um, okay. Starting Wednesday, although possibly sooner, because the Jewish stores aren't, don't really care about dates. If they get the book, they're going to sell it. Well, as, as uh, they should certainly put it yeah. out there. Uh, a lot of the things that you ri- have written about over the years, I, I guess could be described as some of your pet peeves. Um, you talk about uh, a wrong number pet peeve. We've all experienced wrong numbers. I remember uh, as a kid when I uh, got my first uh, extra line in, in my house so that I could have my own phone number because my parents were saying, you're talking on our phone all, all hours of the night. I need a phone. So we got the first one and the the, the installer from uh, back then, it was New Jersey Bell, mm-hmm. installed the line, hooked up a phone, and I kid you not, the phone immediately rang and it was a wrong number. <laughs> it was uh, somebody who had been calling that number. I guess it was someone else's number, as you talk about in your book. And but we get the same numbers every was. time, the same people calling us every single day. And they're all like, no offense against people who speak Spanish, but somehow a lot of these are Hispanic wrong numbers. It must be, it must work differently in some other countries. But like, you know, if, if you're one digit off, you at least get somebody who knows them. <laughs> Very good point. Uh, and, and of course, you'd think that after the first or second time, they, they would learn their lessons. Yeah. I mean, like, um, like you didn't, they, the, the person they're looking for didn't suddenly show up at your house. Right. 
Marta Feshmarder is my guest. He's the author of Cholent Mix. This is J.M. Sunday, Mata Swine guest with you. And uh, we're having a good time here talking about some of the things that uh, Marta Chai has written about. Now, your works are, uh, can be read in Hamodia. Right. Uh, you write is that uh, uh, you write in the magazine uh, weekly for Hamodia? Yeah, in the Indian section. In the Indian section, and also not the Kenyan or the Binyan, just not the Kenyan Binyan, right? Just right. The, or uh, the opinion, or the opinion section. Okay, there is one. Uh, yes, there is. And uh, Jewish Press, you also write in their magazine. I write a I write a monthly column called "You're Asking Me" with a question mark, <laughs> where people where people write in with with questions. Right. And, and then uh, you're writing. I write my best to pretend I know the answers. Okay, uh, or at least say it with authority. Yeah. Okay. And your uh, works are can be seen in the Five Towns Jewish Times, Lakewood Shopper, Queens Jewish Link, some others, and and others. Uh, now, for instance, you have a great section here, a great story on how to handle kosher fest. So many of our listeners attend kosher fest every year, and and you give a, a a synopsis of how to handle the day. What's your secret to that? The secret is planning. Because there's milchigs and there's fleshigs and it's not coordinated and you have to know what you're doing and you have to like eat the milchigs in the morning and then wash out your mouth and you have to make sure not to eat any six hour cheese by accident. Yeah, as you mentioned in the, uh, in your story, when you, when you get that six hour cheese in the morning, you're kind of stuck. That's like kosher fest is two days. Right. Exactly. Very good. Now, your book is arranged, as I see, in sections with uh, section titles uh, that have uh, that are ingredients of cholent. So, for instance, meat and potatoes is one section. Onions is another one. Chickpeas mm-hmm. and beer, which, which is a whole other topic. On You have a discussion on chickpeas as to whether to use them, not to use them, Sephardim use them, Ashkenazim use them, how they came about. That in and of itself is a, a wealth of information. Uh, so people should you know, make sure to read those sections. You have a whole section on, on ketchup, which uh, is, as I uh, have read it, basically talking about kids and uh, different stories you have uh, a la kids. Uh, in general, I guess this is a little bit more serious question. Uh, how do you feel about working humor into raising children and uh, and working with children? It's the only way to work with children, is to do it with humor. It, otherwise, you'll lose it. it. And in your when you teach, you're, you're a teacher, a high school teacher. I try. And try. And, they, uh, they let me talk. Well, yeah, exactly. You teach English writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you use humor in your classroom? Um, yeah, I do that too. But I find if I use too much humor in the classroom, then they think that everything's a joke. And then I give out a test. And I'm like, wait, we're, we're going to be tested on things? Uh-huh. You know, they think that I'm just coming in and saying things for my health. So sometimes but, it can backfire a little bit. Yeah. But for the most part, it... Uh, it, it can be helpful in, in dealing like with... Like all those COVID. worksheets you were giving us were so funny. We didn't know we were supposed to do them. Ah, <laughs> uh, excellent. Uh, do you do stand-up comedy also? Um, yeah, I'm trying to get into that. I've done a few places. I've done mostly some clips, but, you know, I'm trying to get right. out there. I did a Chinese auction once. Made oh. fun of all the prizes, got everyone all upset. <laughs> you know, in reading some of the, the uh-huh. articles, again, that I've seen in this book and the ones that I've seen over the years, right. and you write in, in some, you know, hefty publications... I am sure that you have had responses uh, that, uh, shall we say, uh, uh, gave you some constructive criticism on your writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how do you how do you handle that? Uh, do, do you ever answer your? Uh, uh, yeah, I answer it all the time. Like for example, a few years ago, this is mentioned in one of my other books. I wrote about being unemployed because I was unemployed at the time, unless you count, you know, writing, which doesn't really pay. <laughs> and and I had some people. Basically, the reaction was mixed. Some people wrote in, they loved it, they're unemployed, and this you know, brought laughter to their day. And some people said, how can you write about this? You're offending unemployed people. 
I'm like, I can, I can make fun of them because I'm unemployed. But one of them said, um, you know, if you're going to make fun of unemployed people, why don't you just make fun of cancer? That's all, right? All right. So I responded to that. I basically said, you know, there's a difference between one and the other. You know, if somebody loses their job, they say, you say, at least you have your health. If somebody doesn't get, if somebody gets sick, you don't say, well, at least you have a job. Did you hear back from that person? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that that uh, took care of that uh, that letter. Yeah. That's a very that's that's very yeah. interesting, very perceptive, because there's some comedians out there that will think that uh, there's nothing that's off limits, and uh, and you have right. to know the situation that you're in. Right, basically. Uh, you mentioned uh, one of your inspirations in starting to write. Uh, who would you say is uh, maybe one of your favorite authors that you've read over the years? Um, besides Dave Barry? Yes. Huh, that's a good question. I don't know. I have like a whole pile of his books right across from my bathroom. Ah, so. He, so <laughs> other than that, I don't know, mostly comics. Who writes the these that. days? Ah, okay, okay. Now, one of the other things that you have in this book, uh, Chillant Mix, mm -hmm. is um, you have a lot of tips. We mentioned the Chillant tip before about standing up while you're, while you're eating Chillant. But you have a lot of tips uh, that in a number of categories. There's There are sandwich safety tips. There are food safety tips, squirrel safety tips. you gotta be you got to be safe when handling squirrels. You right. You go around, you know. Handling squirrels all the time. Exactly, and and laundry safety tips. So, did you write an article at one point just on safety? Um, I actually write an article on safety once a year. It's basically my excuse for writing a humor article during the nine days. It's the only way they, they uh, let that get in. Yeah. So, so, so you're handling the issue of safety, which is extremely important at any right. point in time, and you're doing it during that time where we usually don't have as much levity about right. things. They say, you can't write a humor article. And I'm like, what do you mean? It's an article about safety. Right. I have to make it boring? <laughs> That's true, because otherwise people might not want to, uh, might not, might not want to read it. Right. Uh, does, does writing come easy to you? Once you know the topic that you're going to write about, does the, the flow come easy to you? Once I know the topic, yeah, but finding the topic, this is a whole other story. Uh -huh. Every topic is put up under, like, panic and desperation. I'm like the last minute. Like, you, you know, I wish that the whole week would be full of last minutes because that's the only time I ever get anything done. So you don't keep a notebook with you and just jot down things as they come up and say, hey, that would make an interesting article in two months from now? I, I try to do that, but I lose my notebook. and <laughs> <laughs> It's the whole thing. I have a voice recorder and a, you know, that I say ideas into. I was once pulled over for speaking into my voice recorder because I thought it was a phone. And... Uh... Had you convinced them that it wasn't? <laughs> you... I played back what I was talking about. Ah, and it worked? The guy laughed and went away. Did you write an article about that? Nah. Okay. I didn't want to get another ticket for that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's also true. Uh, now, there are some uh, other serious topics that you discuss in a humorous way, and people can take from them uh, what they will. You talk about weight loss and the problems of weight loss, and you have a whole section on, uh, a whole story on that. Uh, and some of it's humorous, but, but some of it's very true. Um, do you sometimes find that people take what you write, uh, you know, and you write it in a humorous way and say, hey, you know, what you wrote really helped me? They say that. I don't know how to respond because that wasn't my intention when I wrote it. <laughs> how <about> just... <laughs> I didn't mean to help anybody. I'm, I'm sorry. I just, you know. How, how about just thank you? Yeah. <laughs> just do thank you. But you do talk about that and, uh, you know, have a, have a discussion about that. There are many different topics in this particular book. Uh, as we said, it'll be available on uh, on Wednesday or sooner, uh, Wednesday mm -hmm. of this coming week, of this week.
Great. in all different stores. And uh, and by the way, if people want to get in touch with you, do you do you let people uh, send you email with ideas, or you like yeah, to get they the can ideas send it all the time. I mean, some people are are more useful with ideas, and some are you know a little bit less useful. Some people say, oh, you should write about teenagers. Right. Like that's a topic. It's <laughs> not a topic. That's like not even a book. That's like a section of the library. <laughs> I can't write a 1,200-word article on teenagers. Right, of course. You know, be a little more specific. But generally, I find the smaller the topic, the bigger the, the, bigger the article. Uh-huh. Where can uh, people reach you by email? Mschmutter at gmail.com. Mschmutter at gmail.com is the best way. Yeah. Now, um, before, we, uh, before we finish off this mm-hmm. morning, and I... Again, I want to thank you for joining me this morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're welcome. Mordechai Schmutter is our guest, and uh, we've been talking about his new book, Chulent Mix, available this coming week. You have a, a section in here called uh, Onions, mm-hmm. and what, what is Onions about? Onions so is about relationships. Okay. Because, you know, relationships are, are a lot like onions. You know, you have to peel it, you get through the layers, you know, there's a lot of tears involved. You know, sometimes you get through and there's nothing in the middle. <laughs> That's true. There's one particular article in here, uh, for instance, on uh, on men. You you must have sent a, an email around a request for people to write in questions mm-hmm. about um, why men act a certain way. And you received a lot of different questions, not as many apparently as you thought you would, uh, but you did receive a bunch and makes for very interesting reading. Great. Now, some of the questions that you ask, I'm not going to give away the answers, they're very funny. You ask, why do men put empty bottles with less than a teaspoon of liquid back into the fridge? We don't do that. Come on. I don't know. It's just men, but it was one of the questions I got. Growing up, all of us kids did that. My sisters did it, too. Okay. Now, then, then uh, why don't men ever ask for directions? I guess that's true, but nowadays we have GPS everywhere. You know, on our phones and whatnot, we can just look up things. Well, the GPS way. doesn't always know where to go either. You know, the GPS ideally is supposed to tell you make a left here, right. but sometimes it tells you um, you should have made a left back there. Yeah, right. <laughs> or it's like the guy who's sitting in the passenger seat and like forgets that they're giving you directions because they're schmoozing <laughs> with you and like, oh shoot. <laughs> right, you should have done it back there, made that turn. Uh, or, or you, they tell you to turn in a place that now has a big detour sign in front of there, and they have no idea where to go. Right, there's all these stories about people turning up the train tracks. Yes, and, and exactly. Things. And then, uh, and then, of course, this is something that uh, a lot of people do. Why? This lady asks, why, when I ask my husband what we need from the grocery store, is he not able to think of anything? And as soon as I get home, ah, he comes up with five items that I should have bought. <laughs> I, I guess the answer to that would be, honey, go get them yourselves. Right. Well, Mordechai, again, I want to thank you very, very much for joining me this morning on JM Sunday. The mm-hmm. book is uh, very entertaining. It's a compilation Thanks. of articles that you've written uh, over the years. I think you said in around 2009. That's where the timing comes in, right? Right. Yeah. So you have a lot more to do and uh, you a lot more to go. All of the next, uh, mm-hmm. the next coming years, we look forward to, to your work. Much success on this book. Uh, again, you said uh, mschmutter at gmail.com. Yep. That's M S C H M U T T E R at gmail.com. That's where they just send all their complaints. And all their complaints, all the ideas and everything else. And again, thank you so much for joining me on JM Sunday. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome.
Volume 3 with Romamu. What a great way to welcome our next guest here to JM Sunday. This week, as you know, is Yom Yerushalayim, celebrating the reunification of Yerushalayim after thousands of years back in 1967. And a few weeks back, we welcomed as our guest Marcella Rose, who uh, is the author of a book called Tiny Dynamo. It's a book about inventions and discoveries produced in Israel over the decades. And today, we are honored to have someone who is with a company that is a major Israeli company, as we'll find out in just a few seconds. It gives me great pleasure to welcome the president of SodaStream, Yona Lloyd. Welcome to JM Sunday. Matiz, thank you so much for inviting me. You're welcome. Now, just to let everybody know, there there is a... There are other things that you used to do before SodaStream, and of course you were part of the group Kesher going back a couple of years, and uh, the song we just played from Kesher is one that you actually wrote. Matis, you, you completely threw me with that. You brought me back, I don't even know what it is, 25 years maybe? Oh wow, can't be that long, because that means uh, I knew you back then also. Indeed. <laughs> 
Yeah, but I think that's about right. It was in the early to mid-80s. Sure, absolutely. Well, we'll talk about Jewish music and Kesher and Schlockrock a little bit later on. Uh, there's so many things to discuss with you, and it would take over an hour, but we have a limited time. Let me ask you this, Yona. How exciting is it, and how does it make you feel to be president of a company with a great product, truly global reach, a, a well-known product that is an Israeli company? You know, Mattis, that's really the best part of all. Uh, my family and I made Aliyah 10 years ago, and as uh, many of your listeners know, Aliyah is a difficult choice to make, uh, specifically for, you know, trying to make a living and uh, the lifestyle and standards that one can get used to in the United States uh, and the sacrifices in order to live in Israel. And uh, But it's been a great a deal of luck, a great amount of mazel to have gotten together with this company, SodaStream is truly uh, an innovative powerhouse story, very kahol v'lavan, as we say, blue and white, um, proudly bearing the words made in Israel on our products, which sell today in 45 countries, uh, over 60,000 locations, and of course throughout the United States. So that's really the best part of all. I'm holding in my hand a uh, one of the flavoring packages of SodaStream, and it says right here, made in Israel. We're going to do a demonstration, a live demonstration, a little bit oh, later. No. Yeah. Well, you know, this isn't television, but there's this classic sound that is made when you get the uh, <laughs> the bubbles just right. So we're gonna we're gonna test you and see if I'm doing it right. Actually, we'll test myself and see if I'm doing it right. Uh, Terrific. The Terrific. product of so SodaStream itself is a, a very old concept uh, and very old uh, type. Type of product. Many people remember the delivery of seltzer bottles to the house, and then the ho- in the home uh, you had uh, those seltzer makers with those tiny CO2 canisters. SodaStream has brought this to a whole new level. Totally made it uh, chic, and uh, as I think in uh, the Fortune the Fortune magazine uh, article in the beginning of April. It says here, I quote, it seemed as if SodaStream is everywhere these days, especially in urban areas where cool kids are developing artesian. Well, <laughs> we won't go into the flavors they're developing, but it's just a chic, cool thing to have. You know, in, in those days, and I grew up with those blue seltzer bottles uh, sitting in the basement to keep cool as a kid. Uh, and, of course, those summertime spritz fights everybody would have outside on the grass. Um, but in those days the consumers really weren't as connected to some of the key benefits that a product like this brings. Um, today the consumers are much, much smarter, particularly the kosher consumers. Uh, they're very much aware of issues like health and wellness, for example, with soda, um, which has really not been our story. Uh, the mayor of New York has talked about it and mayors of other towns about how it's, you know, it hurts the body and therefore it hurts the tax rolls in Medicare. So, SodaStream goes out of its way to make sure that all of our flavors are far healthier than the soda you buy in the store, uh, two-thirds less calories and carbohydrates, et cetera. And by the way, they're all OU kosher. Right. Um, so uh, we've got a line of over 100 flavors in America, close to 200 worldwide. So no doubt that benefits like that, as well as the environment, is, is, is becoming more and more important. Uh, you know, when we were kids, Matis, you know, green – was just a color. Right. I know my kids and everybody in education today going through school understands that what we do in life impacts not only ourselves but also the planet. Sure. And this is the kind of product because you only need to use one bottle again and again you save on all the garbage that's caused by by all those bottles and cans. Sure. According to your website it seems that you've saved over 35 billion uh, bottles of plastic. 
uh, from going uh, into yeah, the environment. Been, um, They're huge, huge you know, number we, there. Uh, it's a billion bottles every day. Wow. A billion every day that get trashed on the planet. Sure. And, and it's, it's staggering, folks. Can really can't even wrap your head around that kind of a number. So there's um, a... And it doesn't have to be... I'm sorry. Go ahead. So there's Go ahead. an environmental aspect. Uh, there's the taste aspect, of course. You mentioned the health of it. They're low in sodium. There's some of the products that don't have any sodium in it, uh, some that have just a little bit, and it's a great alternative for people who want soda but can't have that sodium also. Exactly. It's low sodium. We also have all-natural lines. Um, we have lines that we use stevia, which is an all-natural sweetener. Um, you know, you can just go to sodastreamusa.com. All the information is there. And indeed, like you mentioned, the article said, we, we really are starting to proliferate everywhere. Uh, we're already in over 15,000 stores in the U.S. Uh, that number will continue to grow. Now, you had a presence uh, on the most watched TV show of the year this year in the Super Bowl. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the ad was going to be showing, was supposed to show some small competitors of yours <laughs> in a uh, more in, 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 with, with a with a bigger graphic so everybody could see what it was and you had that commercial prepared and then the network uh, that looks over the ad sometimes looked at it and said you know what we don't want to make one of our biggest advertisers angry so you had to change that ad it still was a very powerful ad and according to the article I saw in the New Yorker it actually helped because everybody was now talking about the fact that you had to change your ad you know, getting banned isn't always the worst thing. Uh, we we did have a great commercial prepared. It, by the way, that same commercial that the network would not show during the Super Bowl was shown on other networks around that weekend, the Super Bowl weekend, as well as it continues to be shown. It's on TV as we speak at different times and stations. Wow. Um, but, yes, because we were referencing the two biggest cola companies in the world, uh, I suppose they were a little bit concerned about that. But um, we had fun with it, and at the end of the day, 5 million people got to see it anyway because they went to YouTube to see what was all the fuss. And if you go to YouTube.com slash SodaStream, you'll see what I'm talking about. So you, you had 5 million hits on that day? Uh, over the For course sure. of a few weeks around the Super Bowl. That, yeah. that, that period of time, wow. Amazing, amazing. Now, you were at the Super Bowl, I believe. Is that right? You know, it, I was. As an advertiser, we get some seats. So uh, I was lucky enough to be down um, in, the, in the corner where that last uh, that last plays were taking place in San Francisco was trying to come back. So we were very close oh, to that. Wow! And, but I was worried because it's Louisiana, Matis, right. and I was a little concerned about you know how many how many Snickers bars do I need to eat before I get into the game because they won't even let you bring food. But oh man! Turns out, uh, uh, turns out, a bunch of guys. Of course, I'm walking around, and lo and behold, there's a kosher hot dog stand in Louisiana <laughs> at the Super Bowl. It was, it was Manashamayim. It was great. Now, did they have a soda stream there? <laughs> Maybe next year. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, we'll talk about that because the Super Bowl mm -hmm. is in New Jersey next year. Do you Indeed. have uh, Do you have plans to advertise in the Super Bowl? Uh, we. Might I guess we'll have to wait as we get closer to the date to see exactly what we're going to do with our crazy company? You never know what's going to happen next. Sure, absolutely, and it's uh, it's certainly very expensive to advertise, but hey, you get the hits uh, for it. My guest this morning, Yona Lloyd, president of SodaStream here on JM Sunday. It's a pleasure to be speaking with you and uh, talking about this amazing company that uh, that you run. And uh, the I, I just read also something that you're marketing. You have a number of marketing partners in the sense of the uh, flavors. You have, as you, as you mentioned, uh, different things. You have Kool-Aid, Crystal Light flavors, Country Time flavors. Uh, you have sparkling tea. 
uh, flavor essences, like flavored water type essences. And did I read correctly that you have partnered with a uh, an appliance manufacturer and that SodaStream will be built into certain um, models of refrigerators? You know what? Starting today at Best Buy and within the next few weeks at many of the other uh, refrigerator locations, you can buy a Samsung refrigerator that will give you sparkling water, which is uh, the newest innovation uh, and technology from our R&D labs. Um, and it's pretty cool because, you know, there'd be no re- Why would you buy seltzer in a store and schlep it home and deal with the storage and the throwing out of everything if you could just either make it at home on a SodaStream machine or just press a button on your refrigerator and get it? So that's kind of round one. Right. But really, our eye on the prize is round two, which is going to be into next year. And at that point, you'll actually be able to get a full soda, almost like a full soda fountain system from devices like your refrigerator, where you literally just push a button uh, and get your cola, get your orange, get your diet pink grapefruit, if that's what you like to drink, because we do have all those flavors. And that's what that's the vision of our company, is to make it easier and easier uh, to provide a healthier better alternative for people who love bubbles in their drinks to be able to do that at home. Uh, And it's a platform, and and it's empowering, frankly, because you do it how you want it, when you want it, you know, without all the inconveniences around it. Sure. Now, uh, even though this is radio and not television, or it's a... Uh, you're only hearing sound. We're going to do a test here. Uh, I actually have my soda stream. We have, I believe it's the Genesis model, and mm-hmm. I filled it up with water. Uh, and uh, let's see. For, it's very easy to do. We use it all the time. We have a whole bunch of the uh, flavors. So today we're going with the cola-free flavor. And uh, let, let's see if I do this right. Your recommendation is to press this on top how many times? Well, if you're doing cola, you want to get a nice heavy carbonation. So you'd be pressing down uh, about five or six times. And as you're pressing, as you mentioned earlier, you're going to hear a funny noise. And uh, for a cola, you probably want to keep pressing and pressing till you get three of those noises. That's like super good carbonation for that kind of a drink. Okay, so here's, here's one. And tell me if this is the right sound for one press. <laughs> Ready? Here we go. Sure. Okay, was that okay? That sounded great. You know, I'm in Israel, so it's a little hard to hear. Right. All right. Let's see if we can get the mic closer. <laughs> There's a there you buzz. go. That's that sound. There you go. Oh, so that buzz is what you want. You want to get that first buzz is what we call a light carbonation, um, something similar to, let's say, a Perrier. Okay. Um, but if you keep going, you'll get a second buzz, and that's more of a medium carbonation, like a Pellegrino or a or a Sprite kind of a drink. And then a third one will give you that root beer, cola, real turbocharged carbonation. Wow. So there is a, a tremendous science behind not just the, the product, the invention, and uh, uh, the uh, the formulas, but the actual way, uh, the, the number of bubbles, I guess. Bubble counts. Yeah, and you, really that's what the consumers tell us they love the most. Um, we're living in an age of empowerment, and uh, and folks love to have control over what they're drinking or, and what they're doing in general. Um, look at how big stores like Home Depot and Lowe's have become in the last few decades based on this concept of do-it-yourself. Right. Um, and even in the coffee business, I'm sure many, if not most of your listeners, have some sort of coffee machine at home where they put in a capsule and it makes fresh, delicious coffee, uh, which is a new type of a product over the last decade. Well, with carbonated drinks, it's really the same idea. Um, have it at home whenever you want, however you want. That's, that's something people love 
to do and the way they like it. We, you know, we had an investor. SodaStream, by the way, is a publicly traded company. So for folks who want to learn about us, we're on the NASDAQ. Uh, our ticker symbol is SODA, S-O-D-A. And we had an investor who came to me once at a meeting and said, I love the taste of ginger ale, but I could never buy it in the store because huh. it's always too bubbly and it tickles my nose. Interesting. And when he heard about SodaStream, that he can control the amount of bubbles, that was it. He went out and got one and, and you know, loves our, we have an all-natural ginger ale, and that's his drink. So you never know who's going to need what. Sure, I'm sure you can come up with a great advertising line for that. It's something like, uh, you know, Choose your bubbles with soda stream. But, you know, it's interesting. I mean, you, you say this, uh, it's an important thing for somebody, as you said, using the term empowerment. The, the concept, though, is amazing. Uh, I think the uh, New Yorker article also said uh, something to the effect that you've given people um, the ability to, like, feel the product. It, it gives you a good feeling about the soda. You're actually making it. And... Uh, Everything you're supplying everything except the water. <laughs> you think about exactly. what what's in the stores, exactly. shelves and shelves and shelves of mostly water, <laughs> and you know, and, and everything else that goes with it. Here we're bringing that home and able to uh, to to use it and make it ourselves. It's, it's an amazing product. You mentioned about your stock. The stock is doing well, it seems, and uh, that is good. And, and interestingly, the market share in the United States, from what I read is relatively small. So you have a tremendous, compared to the other uh, soda companies, so you have a tremendous growth opportunity here. Yeah, you know, for those who follow the industry, I don't know how many there are in, out there, but, you know, the, the, the big soda companies are actually not doing well in the United States with their colas and their, their basic sodas. And, you know, so their growth is coming from somewhere else. Um, and we, we seem to be sort of replacing that. Um, we've already got well over a million homes using SodaStream just in America. By the way, worldwide, over 6 million today. Um, and we will be reporting our first quarter results on Wednesday, um, so we'll have some updates that day. But in general, the growth has been so strong, 50% year over year, um, that we're slowly chipping away uh, and announcing to the public, look, there is a better way. It's better for you, which is so important, and it's so easy and inexpensive. And you actually save money. We didn't talk about that, but using SodaStream saves you money. It's right. a lot less expensive than buying the cans and bottles. Absolutely. So there's really no sacrifice, and that is starting. That's a compelling story that's really starting to resonate. Sure. One of the uh, one of the facts I saw is that uh, you are one of Israel's largest exporters of, of products in general. You won the uh, Israel Exporter of the Year Award last year, and it's Israel's most valuable consumer product company uh, it, that, that is there. You have eight facilities in Israel, and you're building your ninth one now, right? Right. You know, I think people don't get the sense of scale here. SodaStream has close to 2,500 employees today. Uh, the company's valued on the NASDAQ at over a billion dollars. Um, and we've worked very hard over the last few years you know, to achieve this. Um, we are building a new facility. Uh, it'll be about a million square feet in size. Um, down near the Beersheba area, there's a small, there's a small industrial park being built in an area called Lehavim, and we, we are going to be the anchor facility there. It's actually, the, currently, it's the largest construction project taking place in Israel. So again, just back to Israel and Israeli pride, um, this is very much the DNA and the culture of the company to continue to almost be a source of of good hasbara, of good public relations 
on behalf of uh, of the state of Israel. In fact, in a few weeks, I'll be going to one of the most um, popular film festivals in the world. It's called the Cannes Film Festival in sure. France. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the last 20 years, at the American Pavilion, Coca-Cola has been the beverage sponsor. And this year, it's going to be SodaStream. Uh, wow. So there'll be you know 12 days of lots of folks who are connected to this world of influencers. You know, the most important thing for any new company. It's to find people who love it and talk about it. These days they tweet about it and put it on their Facebook. And we've been lucky because of all these benefits, especially the environment and convenience and savings, that so many of the folks who are considered heavy influencers in today's generation have come aboard and are, in fact, our ambassadors. We don't pay them. It's just a natural flow of things. Sure, absolutely. So at a festival like Khan, a great opportunity to you know continue to build that type of a network. Great, great. Yona Lloyd is my guest, president of SodaStream. I'd be remiss if we didn't just go back in history a little bit more as we touched on earlier, because <laughs> we have a Jewish music connection here, and there are so many people that know you from Kesher and Schlockrock, and uh, you know Lenny Solomon is is out there producing the Schlockrock albums. You were one of the original Kesher. Uh, members, and uh, you moved over with Lenny to Schlockrock. Uh, does that seem like a world ago? Do you ever pick up your guitar at all? Um, you know, Lenny and I do get together secretly from time to time. <laughs> not, <laughs> and, not so secret anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and try to think, come on, what can we do? You know, for the, Lenny is, is a genius and, and, and an unbelievable neshama, what he's done. Uh, and the audience should know that he's working on a project called Daniel in Babylon. Uh, he's written it with a vision to put this on Broadway, yes. to bring the story of Daniel the prophet to life, but from the perspective of someone who is connected to that world, and uh, it's it's a magnificent piece. So I wish him tremendous hatzlacha, tremendous success as that moves forward. Lenny was on with uh, Nachum Siegel on JM and the AM a number of weeks back, and he was on with me on JM Sunday talking about the Daniel project. Uh, it's mm, very right. exciting. Uh, he had the... Uh, I think he laid down the first tracks for it uh, in order to move to the next levels, and it's something that he's looking forward to. So, uh, you think you'll uh, you think you may have a part in there playing uh, in the band? Who knows? <laughs> I'd be happy to get a seat at the premiere. <laughs> That's uh, I I think we can arrange that. Listen, if you need if you need any help, just let me know. We'll we'll, we'll take care of that. Thanks, Matthew. Uh, it, it was a pleasure having you on the air this morning, Yona. Really appreciate your taking the time. I know that. Uh, you have a very busy schedule. You were with uh, one news group today earlier in Israel, and uh, you're you know all over the place marketing the products. So I really appreciate you taking the time to join me this morning on JM Sunday. Thank you, Matis. Continued success to you as well. Thank you so much. Yona Lloyd, we look forward to speaking with you soon. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Take care. Thank you, Yona. It was amazing to have Yona Lloyd on this. Like I said, we could talk for for an hour or so at least, uh, but it's a uh, it's a great company, SodaStream, and uh, there is uh, this, this cola that I made tastes delicious. It's the uh, it's the cola free, and uh, tastes perfect. I'm glad the, I'm glad it went well, and I was able to do this on the uh, on the air without uh, spritzing everything all over. It's such a simple concept. I, I really. Uh, I really love it, and we, we have so many different flavors here. It is uh, 8.52 in the morning here on JM Sunday. Matis Weingast with you. The uh, Israel show comes up on uh, Monday after JM and the AM. That's tomorrow after JM and the AM. Mayor Weingarten hosts the Israel show. 
And uh, he's going to be on twice this week because he will be on tomorrow in the Israel show after 9 o'clock. Uh, and by the way, Mayor Fertig will be taking the airwaves for JM in the AM tomorrow morning, subbing for Nachum, who was supposed to be in Israel this week. But unfortunately, as he explained on Friday, due to a uh, medical condition with his foot that has been recurring and needs to be taken care of, he will not be going this week to Israel, he'll be postponing that trip to hopefully sometime later in 2013. Uh, but uh, Mayor Fertig will be in tomorrow morning. Uh, Miriam L. Wallach will be on Tuesday morning. And as I mentioned, Mayor Weingarten will be on twice. Once tomorrow in the Israel show at 9 o'clock on the stream. And then Wednesday, Mayor Weingarten will be presenting an amazing Yom Yerushalayim program on JM and the AM. And we'll see what happens the rest of the week in terms of uh, subs. And uh want to remind you that um, JM Sunday is brought to you by Adorama. It is the official electronics retailer of the Nachum Siegel Network and located at 42 West 18th Street, New York City. Phone number 1-800-223-2500, 1-800-223-2500 for cameras, audiovisual equipment, electronics, portable entertainment, iPods, iPads, and more, Adorama. Imaging and Beyond since 1975, official sponsor of the Nachum Siegel Network. Let's go back to some more music. Here is Pesachia on JM Sunday.
Safia with Lechuvanim as we end up today's JM Sunday program. Thanks everyone for joining me this morning. Matas Weingast with you on Sunday mornings here on JM Sunday on the stream, jmandtheam.org, nachamsegel.com. Send me an email at matis at nachamsegel.com, M-A-T-T-E-S at nachamsegel.com. And uh, we'll get your requests on the air if we can in the future. Whatever notes you want to send to me. My thanks to Hannah Levy-Julian, our news correspondent from Israel, and to Mordechai Schmutter, author of the new book, Chulent Mix, available in stores this coming Wednesday. And my thanks to Yona Lloyd, president of SodaStream, for taking the time out of his busy schedule and uh, joining me this morning. Great time we had discussing about uh, discussing SodaStream and, uh, and tying in some Jewish music history. So thanks again to all my guests this morning. Coming up right after this show, an encore presentation of the Book of Life with Charlie Harari. Tomorrow morning, Mayor Fertig will be in for Nachum Siegel. On Tuesday, uh, Miriam L. Wallach. And on Wednesday, Mayor Weingarten with a Yom Yerushalayim special. Also tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock on the stream, immediately following J.M. in the A.M., Mayor Weingarten with The Israel Show. Like him on Facebook. Go to The Israel Show on Facebook. Like us on Facebook at J.M. Sunday. Thanks, everyone, and have a great week.